Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. We spend a lot of time on this program talking about protecting assets, maximizing wealth, and minimizing taxes. Those are the foundation elements of good estate planning. I thought today, though, we should leave those items aside for a few minutes and talk about the enjoyment you can have from the wealth you have created. Here you spend a long period of time working hard, building up an estate. It's time now to live a bit. One of the most popular activities for a lot of folks these days is cruising. That one word conjures up mental images of big ships and little ships, views of mountains and glaciers from the water, or the pastoral landscape of a river cruise punctuated at times by small villages or big dynamic cities along the way. There are a lot of things to take into account before embarking on a cruise, as we hear in this conversation with Colleen McDaniel of Cruise Critic one of the most informed sources of information on the whole idea of cruising. I think the most common place for people to start is thinking about where they want to go. Do they want to go somewhere warm? Do they want to go somewhere with incredible vistas? Do they want to spend some time in Europe? Uh, And that's a really great starting point because that's going to help you figure out what cruise line, what cruise ship is best for you. Uh, themed trips now are a big deal, it seems to me. Every time you turn around, at least I, I've noticed, uh, uh, you know, that there's there's some type of, of theme to a trip, whether it's cooking or music or uh, something like that. Um, and I take it that those have uh, grown in response to popular demand. Absolutely. Theme cruising is a great way um, for people who haven't actually cruised before to to taste it for the first time and do it with people who have similar interests. Um, and there are there are literally thousands of different kinds of theme cruises. As you mentioned, there's music, um, there are television affinity groups, you know, there's, for example, a Walking Dead cruise. Um, there's pet affinity groups, so cat lovers can go on a cruise together and, and talk about their pets. And of course, food is huge. People love food, love talking about food, love learning how to cook. Um, and so there are cruises for those people too. Truly, there, there are so many out there. Um, everybody will find something they like. Um, okay, so I've decided where I want to go. What's the next step? <laughs> well, of course, I'm going to say you want to visit Cruise Critic. Um, we are the world's largest consumer cruise website, uh, and we have a wealth of information out there um, from how to pick the best ship for you to um, deciding where you want to spend your money uh, on board and ashore and that kind of thing. So now, assuming you visited Cruise Critic, um, hopefully you're finding uh, the, the right cruise for you. And um, a good place to start is really thinking about who you're going to be cruising with. Are you cruising with family? Are you cruising as a couple? Uh, are you cruising with a lot of people? Because that's going to help you determine what ship, what cruise line is best for you. Um, additionally, your interests are really going to matter. Um, are you up for nightlife? Are you uh, somebody who likes a real quiet retreat? Because there are different ships that kind of cater to those tastes. And finally, do you like that really small cruise ship kind of experience? And even if you haven't cruised before, if you know that you know, you're somebody who kind of likes that boutique hotel experience, um, you can kind of match that to cruise lines. Or if you're somebody who really wants to be out there and just with a lot of people and have a ton 
of activities on board your ship, there are cruise ships out there for you for that as well. Do you cater to a single market? A singles market, uh, well, I guess, is the yeah. <laughs> So, in truth, um, it is getting easier for singles uh, and solo cruisers uh, to enjoy a trip. Um, but that said, cruises definitely are set up for double occupancy, right? When cruise lines sell those cabins, they're selling them for two people. More and more cruise lines are getting really good about creating solo cabins. Um, I look at Norwegian Cruise Line, for example, with um, their latest ships. They have solo cabins and they actually have a solo area um, where people who are, you know, singles can go ahead and meet um, and and talk uh, and they sort of have their own space separate from the rest of the ship, which is kind of a nice touch. Um, but cruise ships that don't have those single cabins um, usually will charge what they call a single supplement. And essentially what that is, is they're recognizing that they're selling the cabin that normally they'd sell for two people to one person. And so that one person is going to have to pay extra. Um, and it, it can be anywhere from you know 50 to 100% of an additional cruise fare. That said, cruise lines often will have sales or that you know discount that single supplement or in some cases even waive that single supplement. So if you're a single person traveling, it's sometimes good to wait until the last minute to see what deals are out there. Well, it, it, it might be. Um, we haven't noticed that those deals are especially prevalent uh, at the last minute, um, but they do come along. Uh, we see them a lot on the river cruise lines uh, where they offer that single supplement waiver. Uh, and so that's a, that's a great place to start. That's Colleen McDaniel of Cruise Critic. The other element to safe and happy cruising is travel insurance. Do not ever go without it. Insurance is a peace of mind product. If you have it, you'll put the cost behind you and enjoy the experience all the more. If you don't have it and something happens, you won't be enjoying anything. Pam Murray heads up the travel insurance sales team at the Alberta Motor Association. These presentations that we do run about 90 minutes, and it's really uh, presented in a plain language, easy-to-understand idea of what the travel insurance is all about. We give examples of everyday claim situations, and what we're actually doing is providing information for the audience so that they know what it is that they need to ask their providers so that they understand what the limitations on their coverage are, as well as understanding what are the benefits and, more importantly, what are the exclusions. That's probably the number one question that we get. Yeah, that would be a big one. I would guess that uh, not, uh, travel insurance is not one size fits all. No, there's a number of different options. And once we get to a 55 plus in the age categories, we're going to ask medical questionnaire, ask them to complete a medical questionnaire. And on there, it's going to identify what is the price that they're going to pay for the insurance. But the client needs to understand if they've got a pre-existing condition, is it going to be covered? Do they meet, meet the stable definition? Is their provider going to offer coverage for their existing conditions? Or are they looking at a coverage that is simply for accidents and injuries and brand new conditions. What does Alberta Healthcare cover and what does it not cover? Well, when the client is traveling still in Canada, just into another province, Alberta Healthcare travels with them. So we'll cover the same services uh, there that they cover for in our own province. 
But the things they don't cover there, or sorry, the things they don't cover here aren't going to be covered there. Things like air ambulance, family being flown to their bedside, return of the vehicle. Now, when a client travels outside the country, Alberta Healthcare just has a set schedule of how much they're going to pay, and it's simply $100 a day Canadian towards the hospital bed per day, as well as $50 Canadian for any outpatient care. So when you look at the costs on average of between $3,000 and $5,000 a day in the U.S., $100 isn't a heck of a lot towards that. No, oh, it wouldn't even uh, tip the, uh, the uh, waiter who brings your meal. No, exactly. Lots of times clients will look at the price of the insurance first. And as I always say, that's never the best strategy. Some plans they can get with lower premiums, but they have restricted benefits. So they may have a policy that's quite... Um, inexpensive, but maybe the air ambulance component would only cover $10,000. We've brought people home, say, from Europe to the tune of $135,000. So they need to make sure that they understand what is the benefit limits on the plan that they've purchased. Which is why the question they ask their service provider is the most important question they could ask. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So that really deals with medical insurance benefits and coverage options, and people need to look at that and not just the cost of whatever insurance plan they decide to buy. That's right. Okay. Uh, What do people need to know about an emergency when traveling outside the province or outside of the country? Well, the first thing they need to know is if it is uh, like a heart attack or a car accident, they always need to call the emergency number at destination first, whether it's a 911 type of a situation. Now, if they can contact their assistance company before they seek treatment, then that's always the best option. The assistance company is always going to try to get them to the closest facility that's going to meet their needs. Sometimes people don't need to go to the emergency room. A, a clinic is, is going to be sufficient. So they need to contact the assistance company as soon as they can. Someone else can always call on their behalf. So if it's always a good idea to make sure that everybody traveling with them knows where everyone's medical insurance documents are, and leaving a copy of that at home is always a good idea as well. But they need to contact the assistance company, and then they need to stay in touch with the assistance company because they're working on their behalf, making sure they're at a proper facility, and then also if they need to have um, return a call, return flight home, whether it's air ambulance or commercial, the assistance company is arranging that for the client as well. What other kinds of questions do you get at the seminars you conduct? Well, the most important, the most popular question is always about whether or not their condition has been considered stable and if, in fact, the insurance company will cover that. So the client needs to understand what is the definition of stable. People will think, oh, nothing has changed. I'm good. I'm stable. The insurance companies often have a more detailed definition. So we want to make sure that the medication hasn't changed, whether it's increased or decreased in the dosage, whether they've added in a new medication, or sometimes when they take away a medication, that's going to mean that the client is unstable for that period of time. So for sure, that's the number one question. That's Pam Murray from Alberta Motor Association Travel Insurance Department. Back with more in a moment on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.